Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. If you're looking for more purpose, more passion, more joy in your life, then you have come to the right place. I am your host, coach and life alchemist, Sharin Eskandani, and I have worked with thousands of people showing them how to create their dream lives while also living their dream lives. This podcast is where mindset, mindfulness, and manifestation meet. Together, we're going to release limiting beliefs, put your dreams into motion, all while prioritizing your ease, rest, and joy. Let's do this, love. Hi, love. Welcome to Wholehearted Coaching, the podcast. This is where we take a deeper dive into my Mindset Monday post, which you can read on Instagram at Wholehearted Coaching. Or if you want to go even deeper into this week's episode and get my free weekly journal prompts, sign up for my email list and you'll be able to explore the topics we're talking about in this episode even further. You can do that in the show notes or by heading to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com. And if you're interested in working with me, whether that's one-on-one in one of my group programs or one of my transformational courses, you can head to my website, wholehearted-coaching.com slash offerings to find out more. And of course, you can also head to the show notes and all of this information will be waiting for you there. All right, love, welcome to this week's episode. So for the month of March, we have been looking at different topics that explore ourselves. We looked at self-confidence, self-motivation, self-growth, and today we're finishing off the whole series by looking at self-compassion. Out of all four episodes, this one to me is the most important. Actually, out of all of my podcast episodes, this topic is the most important. I know you may have looked at the title self-compassion and thought, it's going to be one of those episodes where Sharin just tells me to be nice to myself, some mindfulness stuff and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I am going to tell you to be nice to yourself in this episode. But love, self-compassion is truly one of the most powerful skills that we can cultivate. I truly believe that one of the reasons why my life is so incredible and so amazing, both professionally and personally, is because of self-compassion. I know that is a big statement, y'all, but self-compassion is key. It is key in creating unimaginable lives. Self-compassion needs to become the foundation of everything we do. So today's episode. I'm going to say it, it is required listening. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know I never say that. But what we're going to talk about today is truly the missing thing. That missing thing between you and what you desire. It's self-compassion, love. Self-compassion truly needs to become the foundation of everything that we do. Self-compassion is the key to motivation. Self-compassion is the key to resilience. Self-compassion is the key to creativity. Self-compassion is the key to doing hard things. And in this community, I know that all of us has a vision that requires us to do hard things, that requires us to get out of our comfort zone, to step into uncertainty, to possibly make mistakes and do it all over again. 
And self-compassion is how we do that. Today's Mindset Monday reads, We worry that if we're kind to ourselves, we won't be motivated to change. We worry that if we extend ourselves grace, we'll make the same mistakes again. But love, compassion is the key. Compassion is what allows us to let go. Compassion is what allows us to move forward. Compassion is what allows us to grow in unimaginable ways. So we're going to start our exploration with a little exercise. If you're listening to the podcast live, we're near the end of March. So we're about three months into the new year. I want you to reflect back January 2023. And I want you to think of one goal or one intention that you had set for yourself and that you haven't taken action on, or at least haven't taken action on in the way that you wanted to. So thinking of what that one thing may be for you. Maybe it's personal or professional, but something that you're holding on to a little bit of judgment about, right? You're judging yourself for procrastinating or delaying. And as you're thinking of this, becoming aware of what thoughts come up for you around that judgment and shame, right? You never follow through. Of course, we gave up. Of course, we keep procrastinating. So what are those thoughts that you're saying to yourself? And then how does it feel? How does it feel to think about this, to be in that place of judgment or shame? And perhaps thinking about how this judgment and shame motivates you or doesn't motivate you. What kind of action do you take or not take when you're in this place of self-criticism and self-judgment? Okay, so just having that awareness of what it's like to be you when you don't follow through on something, when you don't commit to a goal and see it through. Now, I want you to imagine that someone you absolutely love comes up to you. So maybe it's a good friend, a family member. Maybe if you have children, your child comes up to you. And this person shares that they made a goal for themselves at the start of the year, and they haven't followed through, and they're feeling so much judgment and shame. And I want you to think of what you would say to them, how you would hold space for them and what you would do for them, and how you would feel towards them. I want you to reflect on what came up for you, the differences between those two scenarios, the one that is about you, and then the one that is about someone else. It's so easy for us to be kind and compassionate and patient towards others, We will show them such kindness in their darkest hours, in their biggest mistakes, in their biggest failures. We will make them laugh. We will say the nicest things to them. We will hold space for them fiercely and lovingly. And yet all of that, all of that stuff that we so easily do for others, we can't do for ourselves. And sometimes we do it for others that we don't even care about. And yes, I am talking about that ex (laughs) that we all have forgiven and been kind to time and again. We are so good at being compassionate towards others. And yet when it comes to ourselves, we struggle. 
Self-compassion is a word that we use often in the world of wellness and growth. And, you know, we think to ourselves, oh, okay, well, that sounds kind of nice. I should be kind to myself. But actually practicing it and understanding what it means for ourselves can be such a difficult thing. So first, let's define what self-compassion is. So this definition comes from Kristen Neff, N-E-F-F. She is the preeminent expert on self-compassion, and I cannot recommend her work enough. Google her. Watch her YouTube videos. She is amazing. Kristen Neff. So she defines self-compassion as a practice in which we learn to be a good friend to ourselves when we need it most, to become an inner ally rather than an inner enemy. So let's first look at why we struggle with self-compassion. And there are two big reasons that we're going to explore. The first is that we don't trust self-compassion. And the second is that we don't know how to do it for ourselves. So let's look at the first one, us not trusting self-compassion. The truth is, we don't trust self-compassion. We trust self-criticism. That's what we were kind of raised on. That's what our society tells us we should do. We truly believe that the only way to change, to learn, to grow, to be motivated is to be unkind to ourselves. And that if we are kind and compassionate to ourselves, we're never going to change, right? That if we are content with who we are, we're never going to strive for more or different. We have a lot of inner beliefs to unlearn when it comes to self-compassion. So I'm going to throw out some prompts, and I want you to just think of whatever comes up. Do not censor your thoughts. Just allow that first instinctual thought to be. So the first prompt is, if I am kind to myself, I am afraid I may. In my household or growing up, being kind to myself was. I've always associated self-compassion or kindness with. Being kinder to myself would mean. I'm sure a lot came up for you as you answered those prompts. But some of the ones that I commonly hear include Compassion to me seems like a form of self-pity. That I can't be compassionate because I have to be tough and strong to get through life. Compassion is just selfish and self-centered. If I'm compassionate towards myself, I'm just going to get lazy. I have to be hard on myself in order to change or be motivated to do more. And finally, if I mess up, then I need to punish myself in order to make amends or to learn. If some of these beliefs came up for you, love, you are in incredible company. This is what I hear so often. We've all been raised in a society and households and communities that promote self-criticism. So it makes total sense for us to not trust self-compassion. It makes total sense for us to not think that it's a skill that's going to be incredibly useful. But study after study shows, science shows, that those beliefs we have around self-compassion are totally BS. And that people who have cultivated and created and practiced self-compassion are more creative, are more resilient, 
are more productive human beings. So let's look at the science of it all, because this stuff is very convincing. And this has all been done by Kristen Neff. So that belief, self-compassion is just a pity party. In fact, it is our self-critical side that often makes us ruminate and fixate on our failures and mistakes. Research shows that self-compassionate people are more likely to engage in perspective-taking, right? So that means looking at the bigger picture rather than focusing on their own distress. So actually, self-compassionate people don't have a pity party. They're able to get out of that ruminating, fixating spiral and look at that bigger picture so they can move on. Let's look at that belief of we have to be strong to get through life. We worry that self-compassion is just going to make us weak. But in fact, self-compassion is how we cultivate resilience and strength. Research shows that self-compassionate people are better able to cope with tough situations like divorce, death, trauma, or chronic pain. The belief that self-compassion is just being self-centered. When we are compassionate with ourselves, we actually free ourselves to give more to others. Research shows self-compassionate people are more likely to compromise in relationship conflicts and are more compassionate in giving towards other folks. The belief that we'll become lazy. Research shows that self-compassionate people are able to stick to long-term goals far better than those people who haven't cultivated self-compassion. And finally, I have to be hard on myself in order to change or be motivated to do more. We think that self-criticism is an effective motivator. It's not. Self-criticism undermines confidence and leads to fear of failure. I've said this before on the podcast, but I think one of the biggest reasons we fear failure and mistakes so much is not so much the judgment of other folks, but it is our own judgment. We are our worst enemy. We are our own biggest bully on the other side of a mistake or a failure, right? We think we have to punish ourselves in order to make amends or to learn. We think that if we keep harping on it, then we'll never make that same mistake again. But that only hinders us from doing more. This is why I say that self-compassion is the reason why I have the incredible life that I have. Self-compassion has allowed me to get really comfortable with making mistakes and failing, which I have now come to understand is necessary in going after our dreams. We are going to fail. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have missteps. But if I can be kind to myself on the other side, then that means I can take care of myself in the way that I need to, which then means I can take the next step that is best for me. And I can take that next step with a clear head, not judging myself, not berating myself, not ruminating, but taking that next step with absolute faith and trust. And that is only possible because of self-compassion. Self-compassion is the reason why I can be so motivated. Self-compassion is the reason why I can be so confident. Self-compassion allows me to keep going and keep trying and keep doing. And that is how we create incredible lives. So y'all, when I say that self-compassion is truly one of the most powerful skills that you can cultivate, I am not joking. I am not living this life because I'm any more motivated than you are. 
I'm any more skilled than you are. I'm any more creative or smart or brilliant than you are. No, I'm a totally average human being. But I am so freaking kind to myself. I'm so nice and patient and I extend grace to myself. And that is how I've been able to create what I've been able to create. (sighs) I got swept up there a little bit, but I really need for you to understand how important this is. And I don't think we truly understand how important being our own inner ally, our own inner best friend, our own cheerleader is. And when I say inner cheerleader or inner ally or inner best friend, that doesn't mean that we're also like releasing ourselves from responsibility for our actions. But what self-compassion does, and Tara Brock writes, self-compassion releases us from the self-hatred that prevents us from responding to our life with clarity and balance. I can respond to my life with clarity and balance. And this is what I want for all of us. This is how we create dream lives. Research shows that self-compassionate people have high personal standards. They don't just beat themselves up when they fail. I always come back to this Louise Hay quote. She writes, Remember, you have been criticizing yourself for years, and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens. Now, if you're listening to this and thinking, Oh, damn. I need to cultivate me some self-compassion. How do I do that? The good news is, is that we can learn how to be self-compassionate people. So we're going to look at what Kristen Neff calls the three pillars of self-compassion, the three components of self-compassion. They are self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. The first is self-kindness. We looked at this at the top of the podcast episode. Self-kindness is the ability to extend the kindness and care we would to others toward ourselves in difficult moments. So really, self-kindness is do unto yourself as you would unto others. That exercise we did, right? How would you talk to a friend? How would you hold space for them? What would you do for them? And then do those same things for yourself. The second pillar, common humanity. Common humanity is the ability to recognize that we're all flawed and all works in progress. So when we are in self-critical mode, self-criticism, self-hatred, self-judgment, it makes us believe that we are the only dum-dum who has ever done this thing. It makes us feel really isolated and alone. It takes us away from that sense of connectedness to other people, which really exacerbates the pain of what we're going through. Common humanity, this pillar of self-compassion, really reminds us to remember that we are not the only person who has ever felt this way or done something like this, right? That, as I said, we're not the only dum-dum who's ever done this. So my favorite example of common humanity happened a couple years ago. So I remember getting this email in my inbox, and it was from HBO Max. And it just said, test. In the subject, it said test. I opened it up. It was like nothing. I was like, this is weird. Why is HBO sending me a test email? That's odd. Totally forgot about it. Days later, it comes out that a poor intern who just started working at HBO was just trying to figure out the email server 
and sent a test email to everyone on HBO's email list. Can you imagine this poor intern, what they were going through? And in the days that followed, people started pouring in stories of how they messed up as an intern. So all over social media and Twitter, people were sharing their stories of their big mistakes. Can you imagine what that was like for that intern to recognize, to realize that they are not the only person who has ever done something so ridiculous and that those other folks, they're still okay, they're still working, they are still fine. So common humanity reminds us that what we're going through is natural and normal and common. The final pillar is mindfulness. So this is the ability to be present with the reality of the moment, the feelings we're having, the thoughts we're having, the sensations, and not try and resist, avoid, or over-exaggerate. So when we find ourselves in a difficult situation, there's kind of two things that we do. We either try to run away from the feelings, try to avoid it altogether, or we overly identify, right? We ruminate in it. And mindfulness asks you to just feel how you are feeling. Feel the disappointment, feel the anger, feel the sadness. Don't make it a part of some story of who you are. You're not a failure. You're not a procrastinator. You're not lazy. You're not a mess. But also, don't just move on to the next thing. Allow yourself to honor where you are at. This is something I so easily do for my friends, right? When they come to me during a time of distress, they're feeling a lot of judgment. I ask them, hey, how can I be of most use? Do you want me to just hold space? Do you want to just vent? Or do you want to figure this out together? So I allow them to be mindful of where they're at. And this is the same thing we need to do for ourselves. Is this a moment where I just need to vent and to be in my feelings? Am I allowing myself to vent and be in my feelings? And when I am ready, I will problem solve and figure out the next step that I want to take. These three pillars are so incredibly helpful. I turn to them all of the time and I literally have to remind myself, hey, Sharin, remember, self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness. When it comes to self-compassion, it is a practice. It's not something that's just going to happen overnight. But the more that we practice it, the more that we are patient with ourselves, the more it will show up in our day-to-day lives. And so I have a little request of you this week. I want you to practice self-compassion. I want you to have one instance, a small instance that doesn't have to be something big, where you really think through these three pillars. Now, having said this, you may have to do this practice after the fact, right? Sometimes when we're deep in it, we're not aware. Maybe this is something you do after. Maybe it's something that you can tap into at that moment. At first, it may feel a little uncomfortable. We're creating a new relationship with self-compassion. So know that just like with any new relationship, it's going to feel a little awkward and weird at first, right? No matter how much you may like the other person, you still have to get to know them. You still have to know that you can trust them. And the same goes with self-compassion, with any skill that we're cultivating in our self-growth journey, right? So just know it's going to take a little bit of time. But it is a relationship that is so 
worth cultivating and growing love. So as we finish this episode, I want you to think of one thing that's resonating with you. One insight, one thought, one reflection. We're going to take a deep breath in. Hold that insight at the top. And breathe out. Until next week, love, I'll talk to you then. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend, subscribe or follow where you love listening most. And if you haven't yet, leave a review. You can do this on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Podchaser or Podcast Addict. Until next week, love.